I'm Megan. I'm Colin. And this is Pet Sitter Sitter Confessional. Confessional. An open and honest discussion about life as a pet sitter. Brought to you by Time to Pet and Pet Sitters International. Three years ago, Casey Haichu decided that Southeast Michigan needed a revolution in pet care. And so she started Fur Baby Comfort and Care. And ever since then, she has grown rapidly. Today, she joins us to talk about why she focuses on networking versus competition, why it was important for her to focus on growing her Facebook page, and why she credits her rapid growth to her staff retention. Let's get started. So first of all, uh, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be doing this. Um, but my name is Casey Haichu, and I am the owner of Fur Baby Comfort and Care. We are a pet sitting service based out of Southeast Michigan. We offer a variety of services such as drop-in visits, dog walks, overnight vacation care, and pet taxi services. And we actually just celebrated our third year in business. Congratulations on three years. That's a a really big milestone. And I don't think many of us celebrate those kind of milestones in our business. Did you do anything special for celebrating the third year? Uh, Nothing too special, but each year I started it the first year. um, I do have photos taken um, of me with animals and just be able to kind of recap on our social media, um, the strides that we've made in the past year or so, and just kind of touch base and relate back to our clients. Um, and especially with this third year in business, that post definitely talked about surviving COVID, mm-hmm. um, as a second year in business, that was a very scary moment. I mean, it was scary for everyone, no matter how many years in business you were, um, or whatever industry it was, but it was definitely a lot of hoops to jump through to even make it through. Um, don't quote me on the statistic, but it's something around the uh, statistic of 60% of businesses fail within their first three years. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was just like pushing through that. And I was like, if I can make it to this third year uh, through the pandemic, like we should be smooth sailing after that. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. If you can make it through the pandemic and what 2020 threw at you, uh, there's not much more that the universe has in store. I don't feel like. Right. I really think that that's, that's, that's really special that you take some time to reflect on the previous year because I think too often we can get focused on the day-to-day and not really see mm-hmm. the amount of, of, of progress that we've made in our lives or in our business. And so to, to kind of encapsulate all that in a post or in a moment, you know, that, that's really important for the, the next year where you can go, wow, I had no idea how much further I would be able to go in that amount of time. Right. It's definitely awesome for our clients, um, our team members to be able to read our, my friends, my family members, people, the contractors that work for me, their friends and family that they're uh, connected with to read everything about the past year. But just on my end, being able to go back when I do come around to making that post and reading what I wrote the year before, it's just, it's always fun to look back on. So reflecting back three years ago, what was it at that moment that made you decide, uh, I need to start this business? Yeah. So, um, the inspiration behind it was actually inspired by my own dog, Chloe. Um, she is an eight-year-old German short-haired pointer. Um, and she's not only what inspired me to open up a pet care business, but she definitely is the one who kind of turned the business name as fur baby, uh, because she is my baby. She's just with four legs. And I do think that term alone has connected to so many of our clients, um, just because they're the typical call is, as you know, like my dog is my baby. Um, it's like, of course I know, like, that's what my business is coined after it's fur baby. Um, so Chloe was definitely the inspiration behind the start. Um, but also the name. Um, but for a while I had your typical nine to five job, but with both 
business and commuting hours. I was away from my home on average 10 to 12 hours a day, sometimes longer um, in the winter months with winter commuting. And I relied completely on others, um, whether that was friends, family, or just hobby sitters to drop in for Chloe midday. Um, but unfortunately during those days, I felt like a lot of my work day was worrying about her well-being, checking my cameras, my security system, waiting for an update from my sitter. Um, and then there was a lot of last minute cancellations where I'd be left scrambling at my desk, just trying to figure out who can go let her out, even if it was just for a minute, just so she could get some relief. Um, but the real turning point for me was actually when one of the hobby sitters said that they stopped by to let her out for the day. But when I went back and checked my security system, they had never actually stopped by. Um, And that actually happened twice to us. Um, So that's what really motivated me to open up for a baby because I knew I wasn't the only one struggling with the inadequate pet care that I was receiving. Those kind of experiences are really foundational, again, as, as you experience, especially when it happens to to one that you care for and that you love and that's a member of your own. And that kind of drives you and your team to to go the extra miles. What what does that mean to you when you say, you know, here at, at Fur Babies, we go the extra mile? Yeah. So I think a lot of it is relating back to the clients that we understand. Um, we are pet owners as well. Um, and we want that adequate care for ourselves, but for others as well. And we do what we do for a reason. Um, so I always say I will treat your fur baby as if I treat my own fur baby. And that is what is the inspiration behind the business. And I really put that into everything that we do, um, just because that was the startup point of it. So when clients explain their ups and their downs and their woes of pet past pet care experiences, um, I can relate back to them and say, Hey, same thing happened to me. Um, I get it. Um, and I have close friends and family members who their horror stories are um, almost nauseating sometimes of things that you hear in this industry that has happened to people. Um, so just relating back to that um, and just letting people know that we get it, um, first and foremost, for sure. You know, going the extra mile, that's, that's something that I, I, many people say they do, or maybe they're able to do one or two times. How do you do that consistently and repeatedly time after time again? Right. So, I mean, the ultimate goal is to provide the clients with a peace of mind. Um, they want to be updated. They want to know how their animals are doing. Um, you don't want to leave anything left behind. Um, so just thorough updates, photos, videos, everything, and then some of what happened during your visit or your time with their pet. So there's no questions asked. There's no need to worry. Um, and that goes hand in hand that we let our clients know that we'll be providing you these thorough updates. Um, but we always ask them, is there anything else we can do to provide you with a peace of mind? Um, so that always just helps that like, if we make it very, very clear to them that like, we want them to be at peace with their margarita on the beach in Mexico. Um, if we let them know that we don't want you asking questions, we'll have it handled. Um, it definitely helps put clients at ease as far as what we're going to do to provide them with that. Kind of walking through your process and letting them know all of the things that you take care of or that you look for, that you take into account. You can really see whenever you're talking to a client, like this tension almost like release in their face and their shoulders get relaxed right. a little bit. I, I've seen that several times where this person, all of a sudden they're like, oh, they, they get it. They, they understand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like I didn't. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, on a personal level, um, like I'll tell my clients specifically at a meet and greet, like you're going to probably get sick of me. Um, so if at any point you say, you know what, I'm good. Like you're content. 
Um, you can tell me to slow down on my updates if that's what you choose. Um, but people love them. Um, that is why we do what we do. Um, and with that as well, we let them know, like, even if one day, um, like their stool is a little bit looser, we're going to let you know, or for the first couple of days on a vacation stay, they weren't necessarily scratchy behind their ear, but now they are, um, we're going to let you know. So there's nothing ever missed. Um, the big and the little, the fun, the quirky, um, all the way down to health concerns. Um, we keep our clients in the know as far as that. Yeah. Yeah. Those that, that it's not just the good news, as you mentioned, it's also the bad news or the slightly, Ooh, I don't know about this news because right. pet parents, they, they expect that they want to hear that. We did a sit recently where the dog just completely shredded a backpack and like all of the paperwork <laughs> in it. And I let them know. And they were just like, Oh my gosh, thank you. And thank you for picking it up. And they, it was like, it really meant a lot to them that I was willing to, to show them kind of the bad side of what happened. And they were very, right. very thankful that, that I then went in and picked it up as well. It's we, when we focus only on the, the good, or we try and smooth over or gloss over some of those things that happens. Um, you know, you, we, we miss out on opportunities to, to educate and help and then to, and just being honest with them as well. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's no detail that's too much in terms of that. Um, so anything slightly off, we do try to bring our to our client's attention. Um, and there's some little bit of leeway there as well, because we don't necessarily want to stress our clients if it's something that's not urgent. Um, but if it's something that probably should be brought to their attention, um, it made us kind of had a light bulb go on and go, hmm, that doesn't seem right, or that's new. Um, we definitely let them know. Now you are located in Southeast Michigan. What's the pet mm-hmm. care market like there? Yeah, so we are very, very busy at the moment. <laughs> um, and I'm just so blessed to be able to even say that after everything we experienced um, in 2020 with the pandemic. Um, but I definitely have a lengthy referral list of other pet care businesses in our area, mm-hmm. but I do have to refer our clients out to an event. We can't get a job covered. Um, I'm definitely thankful for every pet care specialist that accepts work and is willing to work. Um, but I'm also very happy to have such a large referral network to refer our clients to other businesses if needed, um, just to be able to ensure quality pet care is provided. Um, every business on our list, um, it's our first little referral list is dog walking and pet sitting, like what we do and everyone is bonded and insured, has their qualifications. Um, we have another section, even though it's not what we do, uh, for boarding. Um, we have a list of boarders that we like, um, all the way down to facilities, but also in-home boarding of people who have, um, that set up in their home to offer boarding. So we're not just, you have to use drop-in visits and dog walks because that's what we do. Um, we also have a referral list to other networks um, of other types of businesses in the pet care industry. How do you build that referral list and go about vetting or understanding that that business is one that you're okay to refer out to? Yeah. So it's actually kind of funny how this list came about um, because when I was brand new, I was reaching out to other pet care businesses kind of to get on their referral list um, oh. to get my name out there let them know that I existed, that they could refer to me if I needed help. And obviously it can be viewed as competition in one way. Um, So it wasn't always greeted with like a warm welcome. Um, But the ones who understood that it's not necessarily competition, but just a great network to have, um, to be able to refer people out to quality pet sitters, um, it's great to have for your clients in the event you're not available. Um, It's never fun to be able to say, oh, I don't have anyone I can refer you out to, but I don't have availability, right? So that's kind of how that list started um, to people when I first opened as a brand new business owner um, with that much under my belt. 
that they accepted me and were willing to help um, put me on their referral list to kind of start getting clients at that point. Um, and just from there, it kind of grew. And now in three years, I'm being reached out to. Um, new in the area, or they've heard about me, they've been watching our um, information, or they searched us on Pet Centers International, let's say, and they need someone in our area because they're in Pet Centers International, um, but Northern Michigan, and they found us. Um, so it's just always good just to have that outreach and support from other businesses in the area. Now, you mentioned that in Southeast Michigan, it, you've been insanely busy, and, and you've actually experienced quite a rapid growth in your business mm-hmm. over the last three years. What, what's that ride been like? Um, well, it wasn't necessarily a rapid growth because of COVID. Um, so <laughs> when I first opened my business, um, I had high hopes and dreams for it. Um, and my mom actually makes this joke now where she was like, when you first told me about the idea and you started it, I didn't want to like get under your feet and say like, and push you to your ultimate bounds because I knew you were going to be successful. Um, mm-hmm. because it was kind of that thing where I feel like your mom's like, you're going to do great, but you're necessarily going to be like, Oh, maybe I'll like do. Okay. You know, yeah, she's like, but I knew you were going to, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, but I knew that you were going to be successful and take it off to your wildest dreams, even though you didn't know it at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and to a lot of people, it looked like, Oh, um, good luck or, kind of like, let's see how that turns out, or you're going to have to have a full-time job still. Um, so kind of, and at the time I also didn't know, it was just something that it was like one day I literally was like, I need to start a business and this is what I'm going to do. And this is how I'm going to do it. And I just jumped into it. Um, so as far as how successful we came so quickly, um, there was no plan for that. It kind of just took off in that sense. Um, and yeah, our first year in business, um, I had two contractors with me. And then after that, it just kept going and going and going and we couldn't handle the workload. So it just kept the hiring process kept growing. Um, and then as far as the second year in business, things obviously slowed down. Um, but we got creative with our services. We started offering select times where we do, we would do drop-in business and dog walks. Cause right now it's a two hour window where like you would say, I need to walk around 12. We'd be there sometime between 11 and one just to allow that flexibility in our schedules. But during the pandemic, we um, pushed for, if you need to schedule a direct time because your dog barks during your meetings, we will come at 12 o'clock and get your dog out of the house. Um, so we definitely started having that as a, a specific service that we offered. And then wedding services. Um, we didn't offer that prior in 2019. And that was a newer service because people were still having their weddings um, and weddings are never going to go away. So that was an industry that we kind of hopped into as well to survive um, the pandemic. And now as far as this year, um, the way that looks is I anticipated a travel boom. Um, and that is exactly what we got. And who knows what next year is going to look like. Hopefully if international travel starts becoming more of a thing. Cause right now we get we have a little bit of international travel clients, um, definitely more so domestic, but once international, um, hopefully sometime soon, um, becomes more of a bigger thing. Like I'm anticipating even more of a bigger boom. Um, so it's just kind of like working through all of that and anticipating what's next. Um, obviously in 2019, I didn't anticipate a 2020 pandemic, um, <laughs> what? but we got, cre- <laughs> but we, yeah, but we got creative with it. Um, and that's kind of how the three years have, um, gone on. Well, I think it's important for, for, for people to, to listen to that. And because many times we get concerned 
about growth or rate of growth or what's happening or, oh, I don't really have a plan and I'm just kind of writing this. And, and in, in some sense, it's really okay to do that and just adjust over time and continue to meet the needs of clients and adapt and change as things happen to you and not really so much focus on the numbers, right? I think we can get too focused right. on what's going on, what's going on, you know, what's my, how my, how my bookings looking, what's the percent increase over this time versus this time. And, and th- I, that is important, but that loses sight of why we're doing this and what the, what the motivation is behind the business and to continue to invest in that. That and those relationships and the people and and really meeting those needs as you said even offering brand new services because you you mm-hmm. need to and to because there are new needs right and as far as numbers go and like how my business model was different because a lot of people do go in it with a plan and numbers and goals to reach mine is a little bit different but it worked you know and I can't exactly <laughs> say how it worked or why it worked it kind of <laughs> just jumped in it and I had a passion and I went for it and then created what I've created today. Um, But as far as numbers go, I never was like, I need 20 clients this month to feel successful or be successful because Mm. some months we might only get five new clients, but then the next month we get 25. So there's really no balance in this industry as far as growth month to month. Um, You can keep wanting to get more clients, but it's not necessarily going to be a steady number each month that you're getting new clients. Um, I would say my main focus as far as numbers goes that I can give a concrete answer on would be um, social media. Hmm. I was really big on social media and our followers and our likes and our reviews and getting those numbers higher and higher and higher. Um, And that is what I focused on. But we're focusing on that in return, our clients' numbers increase. Um, Definitely directly correlated with that. And then I was actually talking... um, I have a contractor on my team who's actually a trainer um, and she does contract work with us for pet sitting and dog walking, but she owns her own business as a trainer as well. Um, And I was talking to her about it because she had a seminar recently where they told her to not have a review tab um, and to not focus on those numbers. And I told her on a personal level that that is what I believe helped us be so successful as we are, because if you're getting tagged on a post, let's say for recommendations, and let's say there's three businesses and your potential client clicks on all three, just human nature is going to gravitate towards the business that has the more likes, that has the more posts, that has the more reviews, um, just naturally. Um, even as yourself, even as myself, when I go to look for something in a different industry and I do comparisons, it's always the one that has more reviews, um, usually the reviews. And so that is a number that I definitely focused on as far as growing, um, not so much month to month of what our revenue was or how many new clients we were getting. Yeah, that is a fine line to walk with the reviews and and the star ratings or whatever. I think on one aspect, um, it's okay to to not be so consumed with what the rating is. Uh, you know, because mm-hmm. it's going to fluctuate. You're going to get some bad reviews. Somebody's going to not be satisfied. You're going to get a three star, blah blah. Like, and that that's important for you as the business owner to not really focus on. But like you mentioned, for the the business, the reputation wise. Trying mm-hmm. to get new reviews, frequent reviews, and a lot of reviews really does show that A, you're active, and B, the people that are reviewing you really like you. And, and I, I do agree that that is important to have, at least as an aspect for your business reputation in your community. Right. And just not even the numbers of 
followers, likes, reviews, um, but active social media, especially now, um, when I go to a page for something that I'm looking at and their last post was from 2017, um, I kind of automatically just kind of steer away from it. Um, compared to if I log into a page and they're posting every single day, um, that's definitely more able to gravitate towards. I assume they're closed if they haven't posted since 2017. I go, okay, this person, (laughs) I, I, and I move on to somebody, somebody else. (laughs) Right. And I, yeah, it's, it's totally important on, um, as far as how often your page is active, that's for sure. Have you heard of time to pet? Dan from NYC Pooch has this to say. Time to Bet has been a total game changer for us. It helped us streamline many aspects of our operation, from scheduling and communication to billing and customer management. Uh, We actually tested other pet sitting softwares in the past, but these other solutions were clunky and riddled with problems. Everything in Time to Pet has been so well thought out. It's intuitive, feature-rich, and it's always improving. If you're looking for new pet sitting software, give Time to Pet a try. Listeners of our show save 50% off your first three months by visiting timetopet.com slash confessional. What do you think it takes to convince somebody out on Facebook to like your Facebook page? Is that the kind of posts that you're doing, the interactions that you're doing, or because they, they know your business and they trust you? I would say um, I do get a lot of messages where people will say, I've been following your page for a while. Um, so I think potential clients who end up wanting to have interest in your business or want to like you to save you for down the road, will go ahead and like our page because they want to see our posts, be updated, be reminded almost, um, oh yeah, like if, when I go out of town, like I should contact them. That is definitely one of the bigger ones that I get. I get messages sometimes where they're like, I'm messaging you. I don't need pet care right now, but I want this in my archives. Um, so that's definitely one of the things, um, I would say I really try to get engagement um, by saying like, comment below or um, like this post. And that actually doesn't go that far with us. I think it just comes naturally that people want to be involved and checking in our page. So they will like it and they'll follow along. Um, As far as like trying for engagement, it definitely hasn't been as successful as I thought it would be. Hmm. Um, And then our clients. Um, our clients like to stay up to date on our information on our social media, both Facebook and Instagram. Um, I keep our stories up to date with our daily visits, um, anything, any new news or important articles. Um, so a lot of our clients like to see not only their fur babies on our social media, but checking out all of our other clients' fur babies. Cause who doesn't like to look at cute dog and cat photos, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 100%. It, it's a way for people to get a glimpse into what your business is doing, feel like they're connected to something bigger and involved in that and know that, that, that you're doing work in the community as well. And then they get to see their, their fur baby kind of rise as a star and, and see them on the page mm-hmm. too. It, it is a good feeling to give pet parents. Oh, definitely. And they always engage on it. Our current clients definitely have a lot of engagement on our social media. I wanted to uh, take a moment to have you talk about your your team members that you have, because I know that they are are critical to how you're able to operate. Yeah. So my team currently consists of about 25 pet care specialists who are all independent contractors. Um, And I actually decided to have contractors over employees based on my past experience as a contractor, actually. Um, I was in a completely different industry other than pet care, but throughout college, I worked as a contractor with a company and the freedom a contractor 
position allows you to have just truly can't be beaten. Um, Being a contractor is definitely ideal for college students because of the ability to pick your own schedule. But it's also super convenient for others who want a flexible work schedule or just want to make supplemental income. Um, So all the pet care specialists that we contract, they're able to choose when, how, and where they work. Um, But I think that the most notable aspect of having contractors on our team is just the ability for them to be able to build their own clientele list and form deep connections with the clients that they serve on a um, personal level. Mm-hmm. So when I first started for a baby, I had around 20 clients under my belt, just from previous hobby pet sitter jobs that I did myself. Um, and I knew almost immediately that I was going to need help. Um, so the first two contractors I hired worked overnight vacation care jobs for clients while I handled now what is called our weekly regulars, um, which are clients who need drop-in visits or dog walks regularly during their work week. Um, So from there, it kind of just took off. And now there are just more than 20 contractors to help service our 900 plus um, clientele that just continues to grow. Thinking back to that first one that you brought on, those first two, what was it like going from just starting your business to now getting so busy you need people? And and what was your... your um, thought process in, in bringing on some, some, some help? Yeah, I guess I know a lot of solo sitters, um, kind of ebb and flow with potentially hiring or not hiring. Um, but I guess it kind of just depends on what you wanted to do. I wasn't quitting my nine to five to become a solo pet sitter. I was quitting my job to open up a pet care business, to make a name in the pet care industry, to provide quality, um, pet care. And I wasn't going to be able to do that by myself. Um, and so as far as like, when it comes to solo pet sitters being nervous about hiring, um, I think the ultimate goal should be to look at their current business model or plan and what they want to make of it. So I know some solo pet sitters are content with their client list and don't have an eagerness to expand at all. But for solo pet sitters that need the help contracting other pet sitters to help with the workload, can definitely help expand the business. Um, And there are a lot of areas to cover when it comes to hiring a contractor. But my main point would be to ask yourself, would I be comfortable with this person caring for my pets? Um, That's definitely the question that's always at the forefront for me when looking to contract work out. I think that's a really important question to ask uh, because we, especially in kind of business that we're running, we're passionate about not just pets, but also passionate about the quality of service that we're offering. And getting to know that person, understanding how they operate, and then doing some self-reflection, going, would I want this person, would I be feel comfortable with this person in my house? Would I feel comfortable with this person caring for my pet? Is that the level of care that I expect as well? And then go from there. Right. And it comes back to um, relating to your client. Um, it's not just that I want quality pet care. Um, I want quality pet care for myself, but for my clients as well. Um, and me being at the forefront of that, asking, would I be okay with them caring for my pets? And of course, I'm going to be okay with them caring for my clients' pets. So um, letting clients know almost like, hey, yeah, your pet sitter has sat for my dog before, um, definitely just helps right then and there. Well, so maybe break that down a little bit more. What makes a good pet care specialist for fur baby? That is a hard question to answer just because everyone brings so many different things to the table. Um, But I would say just having the ultimate goal of that that person wants to provide quality pet care and that is what their intentions are, 
just mm. sets the tone right then and there. Everyone has their different quirks as far as how they um, conduct their meet and greets or provide their care. But as long as you're able and capable and wanting to provide the quality pet care, um, it doesn't necessarily come naturally because there are things that you need to know, like as far as like CPR, first aid, um, health science to be aware, just everything nitty gritty behind the scenes like that. But as long as your passion is there at the first and foremost, that this is what you want to do. You want to provide quality pet care. You're not just there to get them out, get them in. They went potty, done, leave onto the next. Um, like that kind of mentality is not going to have a great pet care specialist. Um, you want someone not necessarily in the same position as I, that I experienced bad pet care. So therefore I want to provide good pet care. But as long as the pet care specialist has true intentions and actually wants the best for every animal and every client that they encounter that ultimately sets up a successful pet care specialist. Mm. Well, it shows you that they are, that they're teachable, that this is something that they really want to get right and that you're able to, to, to help them and, and help them grow and expand and, and use them in, in new and different ways. And, and you also touched a minute uh, on there of saying, you know, we're also, everybody is different for what they bring. And for, for you, and I know for other people who have, you know, 5, 10, 20 or more um, pet care specialists and staff members working for them, you start looking at it more of what what is my team able to provide? What kind of information, knowledge, skills, experience does my team have? Because that's going to help set me up for success. I know not everybody can be experts in everything. So where can right. I get expertise and how can I shore up the areas that I need to? Even though we are contractors and not employees, it's, there still is a team balance there. Yeah. For example, um, if someone has a question because they're caring for a rabbit, let's say, and they're not too familiar with rabbits, but I know someone on our team um, has rabbit care experience, I'll connect them to, and then they can learn from each other. Um, or, I mean, we have each other supported in ways that, for example, we had Someone a couple of weeks ago couldn't get in the house. The key was not working. Um, I was FaceTiming them. I didn't know if she was doing something wrong or what was going on. And I kind of just sent out the request to the team. Hey, can anyone hop on over to help her out? Um, and everyone has been in these positions before, right? Like they're working on their own. They have their own clients. They understand how stressful being in a position like that can be. Um, and we're willing to step in and help each other out. Um, same thing. Um, literally last weekend, we had a cat that we've cared for her, him before, and he took his insulin, like a champ, no problems this time around you were shutting all the doors and he was still bolting from you. There was oh. almost no way to catch him as a solo <laughs> sitter. Um, so we ended up having to contact the client and saying in order for him and his safety and well-being, not only of the sitter, but the cat as well, we're going to have to get two hands on this cat. Um, mm. And I sent out the request and three contractors were able and willing to help out another contractor. Um, so that's just the beautiful thing that we all have our own schedules, our own lives. We're all caring for our own clients. Um, but we're, there's still a team dynamic there. And the fact that we all get it, we all understand and we're all willing to help each other out. Yeah. Well, that gets back to intention. They, they have the intent of quality care. And when you bring people on, right. that means that that permeates everything that they do. And even as, as you've said, even the, the, the willingness to go in and help others in those situations and to help, help them give good quality care as well. 
Yeah. And that just speaks on behalf, not even just being as a pet care specialist, um, mm-hmm. just being the person in general. Um, <laughs> and I always tell my clients, especially our clients who meet more than five, right? They have a wide, a, a wide a range of personalities. Some are more shy than others. Some are more outgoing. Some more have more experience or knowledge, but it ultimately comes down to what their passion is passion is and are they going to provide quality pet care and that answer is yes across the board no matter what the differences are between everyone now on your team i know you have a couple different layers um of of staff and 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 people on board how did you build Mm -hmm. up to that yeah so there it's quite an interesting dynamic um but we have first and foremost our weekly regular clients who are serviced by their specific pet care specialist. So I have four pet care specialists who have their own set of clients that they service weekly, Monday through Friday. Um, Right now, three of them have about eight to 10 clients that they're servicing weekly. Um, So they are responsible for their weekly regular clients, Monday through Friday. Um, Every way that kind of looks like is every Friday, they ask their clients for the upcoming week, hey, what days do you need me? And then... Um, those pet care specialists are responsible for scheduling those clients on the days that they need care. Mm. Um, so that's definitely the sweet spot on our team. That's where I started. That's what I was doing. Um, when I first started was having my own weekly regulars. And then it kind of expanded from there that I need more contractors, more pet care specialists that can help me out with my weekly regulars. And now each person has their own set of clients that they service regularly. Um, and with that being said, it still comes help the help dynamic where when we build our routes and I realize that I'm not going to be able to get to one of the dogs on time with the way my route is planning out, I ask someone else to help me out. And sometimes it ends up in being that we swap a client um, just to help build our route better or, hey, my, my load's pretty light that day. I can help you out. Um, so that is one of the layers. Um, the next layer would be um, anyone else on the team are either they have a full-time job or they have a part-time job. So they just kind of pick up work as they see fit, um, what works with their schedule. And then we also have a few team members who don't have another job. So they are working often and picking up jobs often. Um, They just don't necessarily have their own weekly regular clients, like our full-time route clients, but they do have like their repeat clients who vacation a lot. Um, or go out of town a lot on the weekends um, where they need their drop-in visits if they're gone longer during the day. You mentioned when you were describing, you know, maybe sometimes you may switch uh, swap clients with somebody because the route doesn't work out. How do you build your routes? So normally our routes, um, our full-time clients are Monday through Friday, usually like 10 to 3, give or take. And based on location, but also timeframes. So we book our clients in two-hour timeframes. So it might be 10 to 12 or 11 to 1. So you kind of know know what timeframes that their visits need to be conducted in. And you kind of just go off of that, of building your route, of making the most sense of where you're starting and where you're ending as far as the route that you're going to follow. And some days it might be a little wonky and you are doing a little bit of backtracking. um, But we have everyone's pretty efficient at planning their route to avoid that. Sure. Yeah. Kind of, it's a mix between an art and a science kind of putting all those factors together and then just being familiar with the area and going, Oh, this is actually a better way to get this whole thing done at the end of the day. Right. And when we go out of town, like the full-time route coverage, 
I will literally break my days down each by each for that person that is covering me. Um, I will write Monday, 10 o'clock, this client, 1045, this client and break down the routes for the person that is taking over my route. If I'm out of town, um, just to help out that other person. Um, and everyone on our team that does have their full-time route clients will do that for anyone that covers for them. Yeah. I know that's a a process that we'll sit down and, and do between Megan and I look ahead for the week and try and plan out most accordingly. And it doesn't always work out sometimes with something goes long or there's a, uh, you know, we've got to squeeze somebody in, but I think it does just take sitting down and, and, and actually planning it out like that. I know many people just kind of wing it and figure out and make it work, but I think mm-hmm. putting some forethought in, especially when you have so many people that you have run, running around with nine, 900 plus clients, it, it right. pl- 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 planning is very important with those things. <laughs> yeah. Planning. And then especially in Michigan in the winter time, it doesn't mm-hmm. hurt to leave a half hour early. And if you happen to get to your first client too early, let's say you were not supposed to like the time frames 10 to 12, you're not going to go to their house at 915. But if you happen to get there at 915, 930, it doesn't hurt to sit in your car for a little bit. Um, (laughs) Or sometimes um, and plan other stuff um, or work on other stuff. But also I've had it before where I've gotten there early in the wintertime and I just go in early and say, I'm going to hang out for an hour. Um, Obviously I'm only getting paid for what I'm assigned to do, but Mm -hmm. you can still spend extra time. And it's the same thing. Um, I'll have time to kill because I have a meet and greet scheduled and that's not going to get moved around. So if my last visit of the day, I need to have my lunch with um, a client's dog for an hour and a half. Um, we let our clients know that, Hey, we have extra time in our schedule today. We'll be here longer than normal. Um, but who's going to say no to that? Right. Um, so that's, that's a whole nother aspect of it as well. And yeah, just the route planning and the efficiency of having those weekly regular clients, it definitely takes a specific type of person. Um, and as far as, so we have I, myself included and three others. And as we grow, um, you can't, you can only fit so many in, in those time frames. So as we grow and I potentially will need more contractors to have their own weekly regular clients to cover, um, that kind of is assessed by what they're currently doing right now if they will be able to handle such a job because it's totally different than the people on our team who are just doing overnight vacation care. That only takes planning and sense of arrival and departure time to the client home. And then whatever you're doing during that job that was specified by the client. Um, But there's not as much planning involved as that as it is with our weekly regular clients. With so many pet care specialists on, on your team, in your opinion, what is your secret or or how do you go about increasing the the, the good ones and, and having good uh, retention of your staff? Right. So I don't necessarily have a secret to being able to have such a large outreach of contractors, but I would definitely say, um, first and foremost, that appreciation goes a long way. Um, so I've been in plenty of work situations personally where if you don't feel appreciated, not only is your work ethic going to be affected, but just overall, like the want and willingness to be at a job is just going to lack if there's no appreciation behind the motivation. Um, so it's not just saying thank you. Um, it's like letting someone know why you're thankful for them. Um, that can help them encourage them along the way. Um, and besides letting all of our contractors or pet care specialists know why and how they're appreciated, um, appreciation is shown in other ways throughout the years. I do Christmas in July. Um, and around Christmas time in December, many contractors will be paid a higher percentage per job 
than what's normally offered year round, as an example. Um, just kind of say thank you. Um, I hope to one day to be successful enough that any contractor through Fair Baby Comfort and Care um, can be paid at a higher percentage. But for now, those few times a year where, where jobs are offered at a higher percentage rate per job, it's just a way of me to express my gratitude outside of using words. Mm. Um, on top of that, I put a huge emphasis on mental health and work-life balance. Um, it's so easy in this industry just to work, 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 because there's just that much work to go around, but it ultimately comes down to balance. Um, some contractors hustle and work as much as they can for a few months, but then they'll take a few months off where they only accept a job here and there. Um, there are other contractors who keep a balance going month to month and keep their workflow as, at a steady pace. Um, and then there's some contractors on a team who just pick up jobs um, when it fits into their life schedule. But regardless of how often and how much a pet care specialist is accepting jobs and working, I always check in on them just to make sure that mental health is a priority. Um, I obviously wear many hats as a business owner. I'm a dog walker, a pet sitter, accountant, media manager, content creator, <laughs> like you name it, I'm doing it. Um, so I know firsthand how important it is to make sure there's still balance there with work and personal life. So not only do I share like self-care tips with um, everyone, but I definitely let the team know that I'm an open book. So if anyone needs help or ideas or how to create a better work-life balance or schedule and manage their clients, um, I'm here to help. And everyone on my team definitely knows that. And then it kind of goes hand in hand with what I mentioned earlier, that appreciation goes a long way when it, come, when it comes to contractor retention. Um, but just anyone I know that I come in contact with, if they understand that I go through the same ups and downs of contract and pet sitting life firsthand, it helps build a connection that, yes, we have the same ultimate goal of providing quality pet care, but we are more than just pet sitters. We're humans, we have real emotions, and we're not just a pet sitter or a pet care specialist. Um, so having a support system where everyone can feel not only appreciated, but understood um, definitely goes a long way for us. Yeah, really humanizing the job, the position, and the work and letting them know, yeah, I understand. I can empathize with you in these moments. I think that's really huge because as as you know, and as the listeners know, this can be a very lonely job and very isolating and feel like no one else understands what you're going through. And that can be really detrimental on tough days or on long slogs of a lot of work that's piling up week after week. To know that somebody's alongside you, that's cheering you on, that's rooting for you, that, that has your best interest at heart, that's huge and is really game changer when you know that you're surrounded by people like that. Yeah. And it helps, like I said earlier, how our team members are willing to step in and help each other out when needed. Um, so just knowing that there's that support system behind um, you, even though you are working with your clients one-on-one -on -one and you have your own personal life going on and you may even have your other job going on, knowing that there's other people doing the exact same thing as you and then some um, to be able to talk to them about or just explain something that happened or get help on something. Um, just the support system in general is huge. Right. Yeah. It's it's really critical to having success and having people be there year after year and because you want the best uh, members on your team and you need to, and we as, as business owners, if we have staff, need to be ensuring that they're going to be able to do that and keep up that quality work. 
Yeah. And when I first talk to contractors of potentially working for me, I do ask them like what their goal is. Do they want to hustle and grind and work as much as possible? Are they going to do this just part-time because they have another job? Is it going to be supplemental because they have a full-time job? So they're just going to pick up casual drop-in visits on the weekends. Mm. Um, right now we have a few team members who are doing this on behalf of their mental health because they have a Monday through Friday, nine to five work job and they need to get out of the house um, because they're work from home still. And they're like, I need to get out of the house on and evenings on the weekends. And I'm all for it Um, (laughs) because there are benefits um, to what we do. But like you said, it can be very lonely. So just having that support system, no matter what you're doing, how much you're working, why you're working, um, just helps tremendously. Are you looking for easy to access online trainings at the start of this new year? Ones that will help you build confidence, offer superior care, and gain certificates you can show potential clients? At PetSitters International, they offer online courses that allow new and veteran pet sitters alike to save time and money and learn at your own pace wherever you go. As the economy picks up, more pet sitters and dog walkers will reopen their businesses and more pet lovers will consider entering the industry. The pet sitters who separate themselves from the pack will be the ones who demonstrate superior knowledge and credentials. Whether you're looking for training on how to get your pet sitting business off the ground or you want comprehensive online first aid training, PSI has got you covered. When you sign up for a PSI course, you can access it immediately. And once you finish the course, you'll be able to download a certificate of completion that you can proudly display in your office or where your clients see you. Visit PetSit.com PSC to get started. I wanted to dive into some very unique services that that you offer, and the first one was the the, the wedding services that that mm-hmm. you do and you provide. Now you said that came up kind of in in the time of COVID. Um, how mm-hmm. how do you go about working the weddings, and what does a typical day look like for the attendant that's doing them? When we first started offering wedding services, it was to help us survive through COVID. Um, so it kind of got creative with that as far as what we offered and what it all entailed. And it's definitely um, become more in-depth as far as the service goes. Um, so when we first started offering wedding services, it involved a pet taxi to and from the client's home and venue, um, venue assistance, and then overnight care afterward if needed. Um, so. Essentially, I find out from the bride and groom what, um, or bride and bride, groom and groom, whatever it may be, um, what they want out of our services. Hmm. So usually they just want a photo with their dog. Um, that's our typical thing. So we have to dive into, I found out sometimes it's just a photo with their dog, which is most typical, or they want their dog as a ring bearer or they want their dog there the entire night. Um, so we have to, we have a very extensive um, client intake form as far as what they're looking for. Because when we first started offering that service, we would think that we were only bringing the dog there for a half hour, but they wanted the dog there for much longer for more photos, for more of this. Mm-hmm. Um, so typical service is um, picking the dog up from the home, bringing it to the venue, venue assistance as far as whatever they booked, what they need help with. Um, we've had some pet care specialists walk the dog down the aisle. So we are full-blown part of that wedding. Um, so that, um, or we handing it off and grinning at the end, um, or they're not a part of the wedding at all. And we're just showing up for a quick photo. 
Um, so it kind of just depends as far as that and then bringing the dog back home. Um, from there, sometimes overnight care is offered. Um, sometimes the dog is just let out one, one more time and they're coming back later that night. Um, but we've picked up dogs from um, boarding and daycare um, where we take the dog away from daycare and then bring them back to daycare. Um, so it's definitely a unique service. And when I yeah. first started, it definitely was just kind of something like, this will work. Let's do it. And then it became much more detailed and much more, um, complex than what I thought it would be. Um, but we definitely have it nailed down now. Yeah. Just hearing you walk through each of the also ands or, Oh, and we could do this or this, or this, <laughs> or this. <laughs> it really, it really sounds like something that, um, can, can spiral pretty quickly. So how do you go about is it just an, an hourly rate for the dog or does it get more complicated if you're doing all of these running around and doing different services? Yeah. So as far as not letting it spiral out of control, um, now I actually have an initial conversation with the couple where I will find out um, what are they thinking that they want. Because a lot of times people come to us and contact us and they're like, we heard you offer wedding services, but we don't know what we want. Um, so there are a lot of questions I have to ask, like, do you just want the dog there for photos? Do you actually want the dog part of the ceremony? Um, how long do you, are you anticipating? Um, a lot of questions to ask. And I kind of just got to get a brief lowdown of what they think that they want. And then from there, I have an initial client intake form for our wedding services that asks all those questions and then some. And from there, I kind of become a wedding planner where I will kind of break down a timeline of this is what we're going to do. And this is what it's going to cost. Um, and then the floor is open there. Obviously if they want to tweak something or take something out, whatever they may want to do. And then once we have a concrete plan, I will tell them their quote. Um, our way we quote that as is just the service in general has a base fee, um, just to be able to have and use our wedding services. There's a base fee for that. And then from there, um, time and travel, so it's calculated by um, every half hour and then mileage between home and venue. Um, and then an hourly rate, depending on how long you want us at the venue. And then as far as afterwards care, like, are you going to need a standard drop and visit afterwards? Are you going to need the overnight vacation care afterwards? Is it just a quick potty and let out? Um, so then it becomes very extensive as far as what the quote goes. But once I have all that information down, I'm able to break down their timeline and provide them with that quote. Sounds very hands-on and involved in that planning <laughs> process. And I like how you said you kind of put on your wedding planner and event cap to walk through each of those things. And it's, it's always fa fascinating to me when clients contact and they have... They, they know they're interested, but they have no idea what they want. And those are always kind of the fun ones to get to talk with and walk them through what you're able to provide, because then you can really help guide them and help shape something that's going to be more beneficial to them, probably. Right. Because a lot of times people will see our services offered, like the photographer might post a photo of a couple with their dog, or they might see that their venue had a dog at it, or they might see someone um, posting in a wedding group about our services and they see it and they go, oh, I want my dog at my wedding. Um, but then when they call me, they don't necessarily know what they want their dog doing at their wedding. So there's tons of options. It's like one couple you might be looking at might've had their dog at the venue for four hours while the other couple had them for maybe three minutes. Um, so it just really depends on what they're looking for. And I kind of talk them through that to figure out why they want to incorporate their dog and how we're going to do that. Yeah. It really sounds like a, a very premium service. And, and I know you actually mm -hmm. also have a whole, an entirely dedicated premium pet sitting service that you offer. 
how did that get developed? And do you is that is that uh, is it common for people to to use that service? Yeah, so it's actually more common than I thought, and that's kind of how it came about. Huh. Um, so I can kind of break it down. So we have three different overnight vacation care services that we offer. Um, the first service offered is when a pet care specialist spends a night each night and then aims to match the normal routine during the day, um, which does allow the pet care specialist during the day to leave for six or seven hours. And there's not an extra daytime fee for that. It's just a nightly rate. So that's like our base model. Um, from there, the next service is the same exact thing, but now you're on a four to five hour accommodation instead of the six to seven. Um, so at that point, the extra daytime fee is applied because they're more in a stricter schedule. Um, so then comes into play the premium pet care service, which is ultimately around the clock care. Um, it's three times our normal base rate because the pet care specialist will be there around the clock. They're unable to work any other jobs. And ultimately, they have no personal time away from the client's home during that time. Mm. Um, this service came about surprisingly because there was quite a need for it. Um, it usually is utilized by clients who have puppies, um, dogs with severe separation anxiety, or dogs who are on strict medication regimens, um, and sometimes uh, animals who are recovering from surgery. I think this, the surgery one and the medications, and well, I think even increasingly, the separation anxiety are all uh -huh. really common needs or uh, concerns that clients have of really needing somebody to be watching. And, and really, I think the key term for a lot of this stuff is monitoring their dog, uh -huh. especially as it's recovering from something. Uh -huh. um, and as far as it being a premium service, um, and it is three times the base rate, the job's not necessarily that easy to get coverage for, even though the compensation is quite high because it does entail a lot of work. Um, it does take a lot of toll on you because you are almost ultimately housebound to someone else's house. Um, so that's kind of where that fee comes into play. And as far as... Um, the necess necessity behind like the medication or surgery. Um, and obviously now with COVID, the separation anxiety, because at initial intake, I asked the client, how long is your dog comfortable being left alone for? Yeah. Um, it's one of my first questions I ask because that is what is ultimately going to deem your quote. Um, so if they say, oh, eight hours, they're good. They're going to get our base model. If they say like, oh, like five, six hours. Well, then that discussion comes about, okay, four to five, because you're going to get charged extra or uh -huh. six to seven. Um, it definitely matters, but then we do have those people who they kind of get stunned by that question when they come to the realization that, oh, never, um, or well, cause of COVID and I work from home and I'm not a social butterfly, I'm home all the time. Um, so at that point I actually will offer them the opportunity to potentially look into training, um, or a behaviorist to kind of get them on a different routine as far as being that attached um, to having someone at home, because as great as it sounds to charge a client triple, um, it's not always my intent. I would love to have them set up, set up for success that they get on a six, seven hour time clock. Um, and I also talk to clients at initial intake when they have a puppy and they have to use our services because they are in puppy phase and they do have to be let out every other hour. Um, that I invite them to slowly start getting them on a different regimen so that doesn't have to be their life course. Um, and I'm very upfront as to why, um, but also just what that price is going to look like down the road if they don't get the dog on a different schedule. Well, well, and again, it's it's you also noticing that that level of separation anxiety 
it's it's not it's not healthy, and you know it's not setting that dog's to be successful down the road when things happen, when the owners need to travel, or when and you know something happens, and you want to make sure that that dog is set up for success. And so I love that you're able to turn it and go, okay, you know, we we also there's also training other options, other options to to work yeah. on this, and really partnering with them on that care. Yeah. And at the beginning of a pandemic, I reached out to our clients that we service regularly. Like, Hey, you're working from home. Um, you don't have to use us as your drop-in service midday, but put your dog in the crate. Or if it's, if it free roams, leave the house, go for a walk by yourself, go for a drive. Um, even if it's sitting outside and have your morning coffee, but your dog is inside, like still create some type of balance there. And I pushed, I mean, that was mainly all my all my social media was about during the pandemic because we didn't really have work. Um, It was about setting these animals up for success because on the outside of the pandemic, I knew it was going to happen and it is happening, unfortunately. Um, And it's a big woe, especially with um, the trainer that I'm associated with. Um, What she works with a lot now is correcting the separation anxiety. It's a huge thing. And I don't think um, people realize the extent to it because it was only supposed to be two weeks, right? And it turned into a year and now they're stuck with a dog who used to be able to be left alone in its crate for seven hours. And now you step outside and it screams. So, um, it's definitely not necessarily an issue, but, um, it's something that can be fixed for sure. And when our premium pet service comes about because of the separation anxiety issue, I want what's best for the dog, but also just the, um, to help the people that you don't have to be on this stuck regimen or paying triple the price. Um, like there's a solution on the outside of it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really key is the best interest at heart for both the owner and the pet at the end of the day. That's what we want. We want that to be a healthy relationship. We want both of those, those members of, of this transaction to, to be, to be happy and to be leading good lives. For sure. Um, so I just always open that floor to that conversation, especially yeah. now where um, work from home isn't as common or being housebound is as common. But when they come to our puppies, yeah, the four to five hour or the premium service is fine for now. It does need to, your dog does need to be let out every other hour um, or so, give or take. But keep in mind that you want to, if you work Monday through Friday, you have to start putting your dog in the crate stepping away, taking your lunch outside the house, getting them used to you leaving. Um, and then it's a big, big thing with work from homeowners. Casey, you've experienced so much over the last three years and grown so much in experience, knowledge, and expertise, and your business is doing so many things. What does the future look like for you? What are you looking forward to? I am looking at, gosh, I don't even know how I want to answer this question. Um, it's a hard question for me to answer just because when I started the business, I didn't ask myself that question. I kind of just went with the flow. Um, so as far as projection or growth or my goals, I'm kind of staying on the same path where there's not definitely not concrete set plans as far as where this business goes. Um, on a personal level and a business level, I don't necessarily have a projected path for myself because that's been working for me. And I I think if I start overthinking and trying to concrete numbers and um, figure out a plan of where I want to go, I don't necessarily think it's going to benefit me. Um, So I want to be successful. I do want to keep growing. Um, I want to keep letting the community know that quality pet care exists because that is what we are based on. Um, 
because a lot of times right now, people don't necessarily know that like a service like this exists and they get so excited when they find out like I can have quality pet care. I can sleep on my vacation because I'm not worried if my dog is going to the bathroom or not. And so when people find out about the service, they're just mind blown that they have this opportunity to not be almost anxiety ridden while they're out of town or away from their home. So just in terms of that, just letting and helping the community grow, not just in Southeast Michigan, um, but all over that this is a thing that is offered in the pet care industry um, and how great it can be for others. Um, So I don't necessarily have a concrete answer as far as goals and growth because I never did from the start. So I'm going to keep kind of working with that. Keep keep on keeping on and keep doing what you're doing (laughs) for sure. (laughs) Because if I just, I don't know, if I overthink it and if I tried coming up with a plan three years in the business, I don't think it would do any good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think it's, 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 it's focusing on fundamentals and staying true to your why and to your passion. And I think at the end of the day, there's not much more we could ask for in our lives than that. And I think that that really is, is the message there of have a passion, work the passion and help others in your community. Right. Cause it never was about how many clients I could get, how much growth we could have, or how much revenue we could create. It was just more so of creating a name in the pet care industry, that quality, safe, um, and helpful pet care exists, and that you don't need to be put into these positions of ultimately inadequate pet care. Chloe sure lit a fire in you to (laughs) to help other people. And I I think uh, the Southeast uh, Michigan is uh, the better for it. Uh, Casey, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show today, for sharing your passion, for sharing your journey, and for sharing how you've learned along the way. And you've continued to grow and equip others uh, on your staff and your pet care specialist to to invest and in the in the clients and to continue to raise the bar in your community. Um, but I know that there's a lot going on, and you've got a lot of things on your plate. And you're doing so many things. How can people get in touch with you, follow along with all of your work, and start picking your brain? Yeah. So I am on Facebook and Instagram. If you haven't picked up on that yet, (laughs) um, as for baby comfort and care under our business name, um, my business name does have an and sign. Um, so that is how it's found on Facebook, but on Instagram, it is the word and, um, so we can be reached there. And then our email is also located on our website, which is www.forbabycomfortandcare.com. Again, Casey, I've really enjoyed this conversation and I'm so appreciative of you taking time every day to come on. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you so much. Why does your business exist? What is its purpose, not just for yourself, but what is the impact that is having on the community that you live in? I think that's a really powerful question that we need to consider, especially right here in the first of this new year. And at any time while we are looking at our business and trying to understand exactly what it is, not just what it's doing for us, but what it in turn it does for those around us. That helps us see ourselves in a bigger picture. That helps us push ourselves through tough times. And it helps us surround ourselves with people who can help us reach that goal every single day. We'd love to know the purpose of your business and what it's doing in your community. You can send us feedback at feedback at petcirconfessional.com. We're everywhere on social media as well. And we really want to thank our sponsors today, Time to Pet and Pet Sitters international. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your week.